Welcome to Real Love Now with Pastor Don Allen, recorded live from the church at Warhill in Dawsonville, Georgia. And now, welcome to today's message. James chapter 5, verse uh, number 16. The message again today is rise up. James chapter 5, verse number 16 through 18 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. How many believe that this morning? Amen? It has great power and wonderful results. If you don't uh, uh, feel like your prayers have great power and wonderful results, then you're in the right place today. Verse 17 says, Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Let's pray today. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your favor and for your blessings. And I ask you today that you'll open the scripture to us and you'll change how we pray. Lord, let us pray powerful prayers that produce wonderful things. Lord, it is your will for your children to be blessed. It is your will for those that don't know you to know you. And Father, I thank you that it must be in connection with our prayers, the changes that we see happen in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So I told you a little bit about yesterday. We went to uh, the festival up there. And then we stopped by a really beautiful park, somewhere I'd never been before, somewhere called Hurricane Shoals. Anybody else know, know that place? Yeah, a few, a few of you. Uh, really beautiful, and uh, uh, was enjoying it, but I noticed a sign that said, swim at your own risk. Well, there wasn't a chance yesterday in that weather I was going swimming, but I thought about uh, uh, a time in my life and it reminded me of this message this morning. When I was a little boy, uh, we had been building a church in Bowersville, Georgia, and so everybody was putting the bricks in place, and, and my brother and I, it was our job at that time, there were only two of us sons at that point, it was our job to kind of help move the bricks where they needed to go and have, you know, have them ready for everybody, and they were including us, and it was so hot that summer that when they finished, everybody thought it'd be a great idea just to go swimming. Now, some of you heard me share this story before, but I'm going to take it a little further today. And so uh, we, uh, my dad loaded us all in the truck, and we head out, and, and when we get there, I didn't know how to swim yet, and, and my dad told us where to be, told us where to stay, and it kept us in place, and then he said, all right, I'm going to go over here with the guys for a little while, and y'all stay right there. Well, I kept just inching further and further away from right there. Anybody that kind of personality? Yeah? So I inched further and further away from right there, and my dad would send me back, and finally dad turned his back long enough that, that I inched just far enough away that I took one step and I was gone. I was under the water, and I can still see that moment. I'm sure it probably wasn't about that much or over my head, but, but I mean, I'm just... And I am, to me, it's like one of those movies where you see somebody sinking into the oblivion, you know. I'm just going down, and all I can remember is, I see the light. There's a light right there right now. But uh, I see, almost like that light right there, I see the sun up above. I'm looking through the water, and, and, and there's nothing I can do, and I'm just sinking. And then through the light, in front of the sun, came my father's hand, and he pulls me up and out. And I have shared that story up to that point, many, many times. But I don't think I've ever shared past that because that's a wonderful story of the deliverance of God when you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> but you see, I then found myself in the arms of my father who had told me, I better not get out of line. <laughs> and I found myself 
in trouble because I knew instantly, once I could breathe again, I knew instantly daddy had saved me, but daddy might just be about to kill me. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Amen. I thought, Lord God, you know, but uh, here this little kid, I'm going, it's going through my mind, and, and, and I, it may have been on that day that I developed something. I, I'm ready to start talking my way out of trouble. I'm ready to, you know, but dad, but, but dad, but dad, but, and, and I'm trying to blame it on Scott or whatever, you know, and dad's like, I told you. But then I had that moment of saying, no, I'm safe in dad's arms. And the discipline that came down has made me always remember, be careful where you step. And you stay where you're supposed to be. It's affected my life. It's changed me. But there at that moment, I wanted to build my case for why I was in trouble and not listen to what I had been taught. And it was difficult. So as we're talking about prayer today that produces power, I want you to remember that story. And we'll come back around to it in just a few moments. You know, if we are just praying prayers that we're just kind of throwing words out, we're doing what I wanted to start doing, just start trying to talk until you fill the space. Anybody in here have trouble being around someone who doesn't talk much? Anybody? If you want to hear me really ramble, get quiet. Get in a car with me and just be quiet, and I think I'm up here preaching, and I'll just keep talking, 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 talking. Why? I have a friend that, that uh, he and I used to ride around together, and I'd always have to say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm talking so much. But he was just quiet. And I was like, I can't handle the quiet. I can't handle that quiet moment. And for some of us, it's that way with prayer. If, if we don't have something to say, we're just lobbing these words out there, boom, 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 and we're just throwing them out there because we feel like we should fill the whole space and everybody's going, and God, we don't want God to feel like we don't know how to talk to him. And the reality is God knows whether we know how to talk to him or not. And so if we're just throwing words out there, that's not really prayer. I want to help you turn that around, though. I want you to, to, to make it to the point that, it, that it, it's not just something you're throwing out there, but you're creating the mechanism that launches it way out there. You're creating the right order. You know, we pray all kinds of prayers. I, I used to ride around with this lady uh, uh, when I was a young boy. She'd hire me to work around her house, at her house. She went to church here and just a, a wonderful lady, and she's passed on to glory now, but she had uh, been crippled by polio, and, and so she would always drive through the parking lots, and she'd start praying. She'd say, Don, you got to start praying over there. we got to have a front parking spot. we got to have a front parking spot, and I'd think, yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm telling you, that woman would start praying. It was like people would run out of the store, jump in their cars, and she'd say, look what God has done. I think about that quite often during shopping season. Amen. <laughs> come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. And you feel like you're kind of rolling the wheel. Will he do it? Will he do it? Will he do it? It's almost like some of you when you leave to go to lunch today and you bow your heads and you have created something in front of you or something has been brought to you that you know is not healthy for you at all. And you say, Lord, let this be for the health and the nourishment of my body. And you know there is no way it's going to work. You're like, Lord, let this pepperoni pizza just be good for me in Jesus' name. And you know it's not going to be good for you. And you know it's not going to be healthy for you. But yet you keep praying those prayers and, and, and you're sending them out. But prayer shouldn't be that way. Prayer shouldn't be something that you're just bowing your head hoping that you're, Shh, let's see if, I, see if I win on this spin. Prayer should become something that has an urgency. Prayer should become a moment of possibility. Prayer should become a moment when you decide we're going to uh, meet with God and God's going to move for our family. God's going to change our lives because prayer is something powerful. 
But one of the reasons why we don't know how to move up in prayer is because we don't know what God's Word teaches us about prayer. And most of the times, our prayers are in a defensive position. We find ourselves in the arms of a righteous God, and we're constantly trying to defend ourselves. God, well, you know why I'm where I am, and you know what's going on in my life. And Lord, if this would have happened, and that would have happened, and instead of of moving forward in prayer, we find ourselves in the defensive position of prayer. But if we really want to become people who know how to pray the power of God, we know how to pray with the, with the strength of God, we know how to pray things that actually happen, we're going to have to change from the defensive position and we're going to have to begin to rise up into a position of power. And how we rise up in prayer, it, it, it's all about learning how to talk to God. Now, I thought about different ones who had arisen in prayer. Scripture tells us that Moses rose up in prayer, and, and at that moment, God is heading to destroy the children of Israel. He's heading to, to take their, uh, uh, their lives because they quickly have abandoned his ways, turned to an idol, and Moses rises up and literally stands in the way of God and says, no, God, you can't do that. And God moved in a different way. We think about uh, the apostles. The Bible says they rose up in prayer when they were being persecuted, but yet they arose in prayer and they prayed and said, Lord, let us be faithful in the persecution. And because they arose, changed their position in prayer, God began to move and many more miracles and many more came to know Christ because instead of saying, Lord, we don't understand, all we did was what you told us to do, they left the defensive position and they went into a new place of prayer and God began to change things because they arose to the moment. Thought about Elijah here in our scripture today. He arose to another level when he walked out and said, God, let there be no rain. And there was no rain. And three and a half years later, he walked up and he said, God, now let it rain again. And God caused it to rain again. He arose in prayer. Now we think about, well, those must be pretty awesome when you say, God, whoa, 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 don't do this, God. Or, or, or all of a sudden, God starts answering prayers of lame people being healed and, and blind people seeing and all these miracles are happening. We start thinking, those are awesome prayers, but this may seem a little strange to you today, but, but I want you to know that those prayers should not be abnormal. Those prayers need to not be the exception. That's what prayer was meant to be. Prayer is supposed to change your world. Prayer is supposed to be powerful and wonderful. Prayer is supposed to be awesome. But you're going, but you don't understand, Pastor. I'm not Elijah. Well, that's why the scripture says this. Elijah was just as human as we are. He made mistakes just like we make mistakes. He had a past just like we have a past. He did things that he should not have done. And there were times that he had to confess his sin and his disbelief. And those things were all normal for him. But yet something else happened. He made a decision that he wouldn't just be in the defensive area of prayer, but he would arise to the occasion and trust God to do what God said he would do. And God began to move for him. Now, guys, I want to tell you, that's awesome. But I prayed a lot of prayers. And I feel more like what I was describing in the beginning sometimes, of you're rolling the wheel, just hoping, you know, how, how many of you remember when that, what, I don't remember what show it was, but they had that big wheel and it's going around and around and around and, and what is that? Yeah, somebody's watching too much daytime TV, but anyways, man, and it's going around and, and, and we almost feel that way with prayer. We're like, is it going to work? 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 When we really learn to rise in prayer, we're, we're no longer have one eye open to see if it works. But look, I've prayed a lot of prayers, and, I, and I'd love to tell you that when I prayed, I prayed with so much confidence that this is going to happen. But, but when I found myself doing more of that one eye open things, going, is it going to work? Is it going to work? And when it does work, I don't go, well, glory to God. I don't get all super spiritual about the moment. I don't get all, I'm more like this. Let me tell you what God did. 
Let me tell you, he answered my prayers. Let me, and they're like, Pastor, didn't he answer all your prayers? Well, let me tell you what he did today, man. And I get excited. And, I, and I'd like to tell you that, that I just logged that in and then, whoo, hallelujah, praise God for the testimony. But, but I'm more like this. I start going, okay, okay, uh, uh, what, what did I say exactly? How was I holding my mouth? Was I kneeling? Was, did I have on my lucky socks, God? Was that what it was today? Why? Because I want to figure out what actually made the connection, what actually made it powerful, what actually made it wonderful. And God began to give me something this week, and it is so simple. When I found it, I went, well, that, okay, God, if that's what you want me to take, that, that is transforming truth. But it, it is, have you ever found like an antique, and it's beautiful at the store, but when you get it home and you start cleaning it up, you're like, well, look what I found. You know, we used to would have called people, now we're posting it. Come on now, amen. We're like, look at the treasure that I found. Well, that's the way this truth was this week. When God began to reveal this to me about what it means to rise up in prayer, what it means to come to a new level in prayer that affects power and makes prayer wonderful. And God began to reveal some truths to me that I want to give you today. But you've got to understand the basics of what this scripture was saying, that Elijah was just like us. Because Elijah was just like us, but yet his prayers worked, there has to be a component there that we're missing. And this is the component that you might be missing. Elijah was just like us, but the God God who answered his prayer is just as able to answer our prayers today because God is still the same and God is still able. So Elijah, a normal man, met a God who is nothing but abnormal. He is above and higher and beyond anything we could ask. And he began to move because somebody arose to the hour. It's time for us to rise up. You know what the really the only major difference between Elijah and most of us is? He actually prayed the prayer. He actually took time to ask God to do something amazing. He said, God, will you do this? And when the circumstance caused Elijah to rise up in prayer, he prayed a prayer that lived up to God's character. He prayed a prayer that lived up to God's heart lived up to God's resources, God's will, and God's ability. He prayed a prayer that was worthy of the one that he was praying to. And that's where we begin to find prayers that are powerful and wonderful. When we rise up in prayer to the point that our faith meets God's ability, and he says, that's what I've been waiting on. And some of you are going, but pastor, you don't understand who I am. No, you don't believe the word. The ones that God have used are just the same as you are. Let me just qualify that for you. I didn't do this earlier, but I feel this right now. They have the record that you have. There was men who made mistakes and women that felt unloved. There were people that had uh, prison records. There were people that had been sold out and, and done wrong. There were people that had been abused. There were, there were people that were considered illegitimate children. There were people that everybody else would have written off, but yet when their hour came, they did not stay in a place of belittling themselves. They did not stay in a place of describing why God could not, but they found a place in God that they stepped up to, and I'm going to help you get there in just a moment, but they stepped up to and when they arose to the moment, God said, that's the kind of person I've been looking to move for. And God showed up and made prayer powerful and wonderful in their lives. So how do we do that? How do we find that moment? Well, you have to come to a place where you clearly establish the case of prayer 
and not your case. I want you to get that. Where you make the case of prayer and it's not establishing your case. Like when I was in my dad's arm and I wanted to start, but dad, but dad, but dad, but dad. I was just glad to be breathing. You see, establishing the case of prayer is what takes you from knowing what you should pray to knowing how you should pray. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, And we are confident that he hears us, notice this, whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us, we make our request. We also know that he will give us what we ask for. I love that verse. But what it doesn't say is, he will give you anything you desire. How many of you know if God had given you everything you desire, your life would be a whole lot different right now? Amen. I thought about that. If we all had what we wanted, we'd probably be in a different car this morning. I wondered how many Ferraris would be out in our parking lot this morning. Amen. We'd all be in a different situation this morning. We might even live in a different place in a different time. But I'm glad that God did not give me what I desired. He gave me what I needed. He didn't say, just because you ask for something great, God's going to give it to you. He said, whenever you ask for something that pleases Him. In other words, God wants our plans to come into line with His plans. God wants our faith to arise to meet God's plan and then move forward to where we begin to stop seeing it down here and we realize that God has a way that is higher than our way. You know what? One of the reasons why I believe, and this just came into my heart, a lot of our prayers go unanswered. It's because we're not praying prayers that are that really believe that God can move. We're not praying prayers that would really affect much. We just want God to make sure we're warm on the cold nights. We just want God to make sure our seat is comfortable and everything is right. But God's not looking for us to build our comfort. God is calling us to be champions. And when we rise up and say, God, my plan is here, but your ways are higher and I want your way, God begins to move for us. Amen. And I feel this this morning. In other words, God's plans begin to come into line as we line up with his plan in our life and our faith arises and things begin to change. And when God was teaching me this, I want you to understand something really important. That if we're not in line with God's plan, when we pray, we are just praying a fantasy. I want you to get that. Prayer not aligned with God's plan is nothing more than fantasy. Oh, God, I want you to do this, and God, I want you to do that. And we know it's not in accordance with what God wants. Some of you go, I would never pray for anything that's not in accordance with what God wants. Well, then maybe you ought to be preaching this message because I have begged God for my way. But when God begins to move me, things begin to change. So if we are to pray prayers in line with God's plan, where do we find God's plan? Well, we began here last week in God's Word. We find God's plan in God's Word. As a matter of fact, all the prayers that have changed the world, every single one of them lined up with God's plan for the world. Through God's Word, we will find clear steps that enable us to rise up to the next level of faith. This morning, I want you to understand that when I was talking about how that Moses actually stood in God's way in prayer, where did Moses find the courage to respond to God's threat to destroy the Israelites? 
I mean, God was right. They had rapidly left him, rapidly abandoned him. But what Moses did was this. He said, God, let me remind you of what you did and how you delivered us. And if you uh, destroy the people, they're going to say back in Egypt that you weren't able to bring them all the way to your promise. And those are the two keys. He said, let me remind you of what you've done and let me remind you of your promise. And when he stood up in prayer and he came to that place and he said, God, I want to remind you of the things you've already done, it caused him to stop seeing the moment, the terror of God about to destroy you, and it began to say, look what God has done. And then he said, now God, you promised to Abraham, to Jacob, and to Isaac that you would bring their descendants into the promised land. God, your promises have already been working, and I know they're going to continue to work for my good. And what that did was it gave him a place to stand. In Psalm 68, David is is facing all kind of problems, all kind of troubles. And as he's facing these problems and these troubles, he spends the whole first half of the chapter saying, this is what you've done. This is your promise. This is the way you've delivered us. This is who you are. And I love what he says in verse uh, number 28. He says, summon your might, O God. Display your power, O God, as you have in the past. God, do again what you've done before. God, I know you're able. Why? Because you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, you do not change. And the God who made that promise is also able to fulfill that promise. This is so important for our lives because we miss how to pray because we're constantly building our own case. And God says, no, that's the problem. Stop building your case and start building the case of prayer to where you look up and you begin to declare God's faithfulness and you begin to declare who God is. God says, I know exactly who you are. I just need to know if you know exactly who I am. And as you begin to remember who God is and you say, God, I know the God who delivered me yesterday is able to deliver me today. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm having a hard time staying centered on my notes this morning because I feel this so passionately today. But I want you to get this, that the God that we serve is looking for people who would dare to believe that the God who saved them is also able to keep them, is also able to empower them, is also able to bring your family through whatever you're facing. Some of you are going, I know God heals. Why don't you trust him for healing today? I know God has power. Why don't you trust his power today? I have not come to preach some pansy gospel to you today, but I have come to preach a gospel of power that will affect work in your life and will change who you are when you remind God who he is and you begin to believe where he can take you. Amen. My goodness. Sometimes I get a little blunt there. I'm sorry. In fact, this is my 30th, today is the anniversary of my 30th year of preaching the gospel and it took me 30 years to get comfortable saying pansy gospel. Come on now. Amen. Amen. I said, oh, help me, Jesus. Amen. But it's true. Amen. You see, David and Moses both built up their case in prayer by reminding God of his promises and his faithfulness of the past. You need to catch this today. Remember, prayer is more about changing us than moving God. Prayer causes us to come to a new place. Prayer changes who we are. So when we remind God of what he has already done, our faith arises and comes into alignment with God's plan for our lives. It's amazing how different we will view our surroundings from the ledge of faith than instead of the valley of despair. 
You can build a case of prayer about all kinds of things. You can build a case of prayer about healing from an illness, salvation of the lost, reconciliation of families, lifting of depression, homecoming of children. You can build a case of prayer about everything that you might face because of who God is. You see, when you spend time building a case of prayer, you will come more into alignment with God's will. Now, here's the, here's the thing I've been trying to get to this entire thing, and I've, I've hinted there, but I want you to catch this. Most of the time when we go in prayer, we spend more time as building our own case because we know we're where we shouldn't be, and we know we're doing stuff we shouldn't be doing. And our Father is rescuing us, but we're like, whoa, 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 whoa God, let me explain. Maybe, maybe, maybe let me say it this way. God, I want to thank you for what you're doing in my life, but God, God, I got to talk to you about my problems, and I got to talk to you about my struggles, and I got to, I, 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 Lord, you, you know I wouldn't have done this if, if you hadn't have let that happen. Anybody ever prayed like this? You know, you know God, God, it was just too much. I couldn't handle what was happening around me. God, God, I'm sorry. I, I know you, I know, I know that, Lord, I did it again. I told you I'd never do it again. And is this just the way I pray sometimes? Or, or an amen would really help me this morning. <laughs> Give, quick, quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here you go. Here you go, Mike. <laughs> I'm just like, this would help. Because most of us find ourselves down here and we're like, Lord, you know, you see what they're doing to me. And the problem, this is what God showed me. Watch this. You cannot affect powerful, wonderful things from here. What you're talking, Pastor, that's your prayer. No, what, what that is is where I'm confessing all of what's happening around me. But that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to use prayer to rise up, to change my position. I'm supposed to use prayer to cause me to come to another level. So what level do I come to? So instead of saying, oh, God, oh, God, uh, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, I begin to look up to where my redemption comes from, and I begin to declare, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know all the things that I'm going to face, but I know that the God who is faithful and is able will keep me, God, what does that do in me? It begins to move me to a new position because here, I'm telling you all this wrong, God. I'm telling you all this wrong. I'm telling you all this wrong. But instead of telling you what's wrong now, I can begin to say this. I can change the perspective and I can say, God, I thank you for the way you delivered me yesterday. I thank you for your promises, God. And I might be facing the storm today, but the same God who brought me through is the same God that will bring me through today. And what does it do? It causes me to rise up and change my perspective. You see, some of us have been declaring far too long the mess we're in. But instead of declaring the one who said, I am able to deliver you, that my hand is not weak and my arm is not short. And instead of declaring, oh, this is the problem, this is the problem. I stand and I declare, you bore stripes for my healing. You were wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. And by your stripes, I'm healed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It changes your position. You know those prayers. God, you see what they're doing wrong to me. God, you see what they're doing wrong to me. You see what they're doing wrong to me. You see, you see, you see. And God said, I didn't tell you to tell me what they're doing wrong to you. I said, bless those who despitefully use you. Bless them. Pray for them. Do good to them. What does it do? Down here, all I can see is the wrong. See, the problem, this is, let me just read to you how I wrote it. In order to present our case, we have to get down into the muck of our mess. 
But to rise up in faith, we have to change our position to what is God's position on the matter. So I can tell you about how they wronged me, or I can begin to pray and begin to talk to God about his position on the matter. And I'm going to tell you something. I have never seen God's position not look more attractive than sin's position. I have never seen God's way not seem more appealing than sin's position. And then we get up and we change our position. So instead of saying, whoa, 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 it's me, we arise. And I could have never seen this more reality in my life than one day I had a neighbor. Some of you go in, Pastor Michael, your neighbor, this is another home, amen. But I had a neighbor who thought it was within a wise decision to go to a big old boy's house and cuss his little wife out. It wasn't good. I came home and I made a quick decision. I was going to go to his house and he would understand. I was going to give him an understanding. Honestly, I was thinking, how many teeth can I knock out with these knuckles? Come on now, amen. I was ready. I was ready. And so I don't know why, but I diverted to the neighbor before him. And I said, do you know anything about this? He said, yeah, yeah, I do, pastor. And I was like, don't call me pastor right now because Don is here. (laughs) And I tell him how upset I am. And he's like, he said something. This guy didn't even, I don't think he knew who God was. Definitely didn't remember where his house was. Come on now, amen. And I said, I said, hey, I'm, I'm upset. And he said, well, you need to remember, they all watch you preach on television. So I was still in Don's muck. And I walked myself back up to my house. Now I'd love to tell you that I prayed in a higher position. But you know what the Word says. Now, this scripture has been so misused, but I've misused it personally so many times. The Bible says, well, you know what the Bible says God will do if you bless those who curse you? It says he will heap burning coals of fire upon their head. I said, Lord, I'm ready for you to burn their brains out, Jesus. We're ready. We're ready, Jesus. Lord, bless them. Bless them, Lord. Just let their ugly grass grow even better, Jesus. Bless them, Lord. Not the way it works. But I watched during that time God teach me a lesson because he changed my position. You know how it is when you've got a problem with... I know many of you probably never had a struggle with a neighbor. Sorry, that was just rather facetious. If you've had a neighbor, you've had a struggle. Can I get an amen, all right? And you're driving out. And suddenly when you see them, you, there's something in your car you've got to look for. You're on the phone. I, I'm calling your number this morning, amen. <laughs> you know what? I'm driving out and I see them in the yard and I'm like... Just keep your face forward. Keep your face forward. Keep your face forward. And God's like, that's not what I told you to do. God's like, smile at him. I can handle this. Give him one of those smiles like, you don't know what I'm about to do. Amen. God said, smile at him. I politely smiled. 
I drove home. God's like, really smile at them. Next time, the next time. It's like they lived in their yard for six months. <laughs> Finally, God said, wave at them. This is literally my thoughts. Yeah, amen. That's waving. Come on now, amen. God's like, wave at them. And I'll, I'll just show you what a man of faith I am. I'm Southern now. You know how you wave at somebody in the South? <laughs> Come on now. Little wave there. God, I told you to wave at him. And it progressed to roll down your window and bless them. But you see, God did something in me. He changed my position from being where they were operating to being what his child is supposed to operate at. But it doesn't have to take you six months. Usually, if you truly get in the right attitude of prayer, it'll take you just a few moments. And if you get on your face and you say, God, I've been wronged in this situation. But Lord, I remember that I wronged you and you went to a cross for what you did. You see, as I start remembering what Jesus has done, it starts changing what I have to do. Because then the way that I react is supposed to line up with the way that He reacted. And He did not curse them, but He prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So how do we rise up in prayer? How do we come to a new level of prayer? It's when we begin to realize what God has done and what God says about it. And we begin to declare, God, I know I've messed up again. And some of you, you go and the devil says that, that God's not going to forgive you. And all you can think about is, God, I'm sorry, I hadn't paid for this enough. You know what really, it really gets me? I've, I've pastored long enough now to know that people will sin and they'll, they'll confess it, but until something goes really bad in their life, they'll hold on to it. And once things have really fallen apart, they go, okay, finally, I paid for it. You cannot pay for it. Jesus is the only one who was able to pay for it. And he took it to a cross and died. I don't care what you face. Your sin means you should die. So instead of allowing it to stay in our lives and, and, and wait until we paid for it enough, what we need to begin to do is confess, Lord, your word says, see, see, I know the lie tells me that I really blew it, but your word says that if I confess, you are faithful and just to forgive me. I can stay down here whining about what I've done, or I can step up to your promise that says, if I make it right with you, then you'll make it right around me, God, and I will honor your word. And it changes perspective. And how do you rise up in prayer and make them powerful and make them wonderful? Begin to find what's God's position in the prayer. It'll make you pray for your spouse differently. It'll make you stop saying God changed them. It'll make you start saying God changed me. God changed my position. So instead of focusing on the other situation, start focusing on God and it causes you to rise up. And when you arise, God then arises and begins to move for you. Would you stand with me today? You see, we will build a case in prayer. We all build our case. I, I, just, I, I just love it. We, I, I won't call her name, but some of you immediately know who I'm talking about. But there was, there was a child that was growing up here in our church for for. He's probably about 11. And, and I just always loved interacting with him because it was, it was so much fun. It was, like, it was like talking to a defense attorney. Literally, if you said, no, don't do that, they'd go, but, but, but Pastor Don, but, but, but Pastor Don, but, but, but Pastor Don, uh, what, about, what about if I do it this way? I said, no. 
I'd hear them talking to their mom and dad, and they'd say, "Look, you go be nice to your sister," and they'd go, "But, but, 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 Pastor Tom, but, or, but, mom, but, mom, but, mom, but, dad, but, dad, but, and boom, 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 boom." Why? Because they were always wanting to say, "Let me build my case." And I don't know who God's speaking to, and why He brought me back around to this point. This is not in my notes to close this week, but God's leading us. Have you been busy building your case so long before God that you can't pick up? His case of truth? Have you been so busy trying to explain why you can't move forward in life and who hurt you and, and what broke you and why you're always going to be broken that you can't pick up the case called healing and accept what God has established for you? Are you too busy picking up that, that case of shame that you can't pick up the case of freedom? God has called me today to tell you there's a new place that you can arise to. There's a new place of strength. There's a new place of blessings that God wants to change exactly who you are. But you'll never be able to get there from your level. You're going to have to step up to his level of promise and walk there. Would you bow your heads with me in this place? Somebody, maybe you were thinking this sermon's for those who are right. And it was up to this point that you didn't know how much it was for you because you've been carrying the wrong case. And God wants to speak to you this morning. If that's you... I mean, that quickly, that, that quick change right here, God's speaking to somebody. If that's you, you know you've been carrying the wrong case. Get your hand up in there. They're already going up. Wow, wow. You've been carrying the wrong case. God's going to deliver you right now. I declare, God's going to deliver you. There's probably been 50 hands that have gone around this room. You can put those down. God's going to deliver you by the power of His Holy Spirit. You're going to begin to take up the case of the Lord. You're going to begin to declare not defeat, but you're going to begin to declare victory. You're going to begin to declare the favor of God over your lives. You have carried that case far too long, and it's driven you to the wrong place. I, I speak that by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's driven you to the wrong place. The wrong case takes you to the wrong place. But the case of the Lord calls you to rise up, causes you to step up into victory, and God's about to give that to you. Right now, I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Right now, I just want to ask, maybe it was one of those hands that went up, or maybe it was a hand that didn't go up. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to make my, right, my life right with Jesus Christ. I've never completely surrendered to Him. I, I don't even know how to accept these promises you're preaching about, because I, I've never really began this Christ walk. I've never given my life to Jesus Christ and been born again. If that's you this morning, it's very simple. You saw I did not uh, uh, um, embarrass any of these. I want to be able to pray with you. So I want to be able to see your hand so I'll know that you're going to be praying that prayer this morning. And the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God raised Christ from the dead and that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we would be born again. And if that's you this morning, I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you are, if you say, Pastor Don, today's the day I'm going to make things right with Jesus. Just get your hand straight up in there and hold it up high right now. Join with these who are already receiving this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Are you supposed to be with these four? Are there more? Are there more? In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, today is the day you're making things right with God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you join hands with someone near you? I'm going to pray over those that said, I need God to change which case I'm carrying in just a moment. But first, we're going to pray this prayer of belief that God will save those who call upon Jesus Christ. We're going to confess it, and then we're going to believe it and receive it with these. Somebody prayed it with us, and now we're going to pray with these in Jesus' name. Come on, pray this prayer of faith with us. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promise. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I confess I am a sinner. You see my past, my present, and my future. 
I give it all to you. I repent of my sin. I'm not going to be that person anymore. By faith in Jesus Christ, from this moment on, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. Jesus is my Savior. I believe Jesus died for me. He arose for me. And now forevermore, I am born again. Father God, I thank you for what you've done in these, and I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, for the change that you are making in them for all eternity. God, I thank you that lives are being transformed. I thank you, God, that you're doing something awesome in this place. Lord, there are people that make connection with uh, this moment to say, I've carried the wrong case far too long. They came in here knowing you, God, but now they're ready to walk up to a level that, that they've never walked before. God, I ask you, Lord, particularly for those who, who are so bold and even those who, who opened their eyes and looked at me, God, I declare, God, that you are able to deliver them. I declare, God, that there is no case too heavy. There is no case chained to them that your spirit will not loose them from. I declare that power and wonderful things are going to begin to happen in their life as they begin to declare the promises of God over their life. Father, I thank you, God, that your promises are yes and amen. I thank you, God, that I declare that you have created them for hope and a future. Come on, I want you to declare that promise with me. God, you have created us for hope hope and a future. Come on, church. You have declared us and created us for hope and a future. Come on, say it with me. You have made us for hope and a future. Lord, those promises caused them to arise. They are not hopeless, and there is a better tomorrow because of the promise of Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. Come on, give him some praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Real Love Now. If you receive ministry today, please consider partnering with us or to order a copy of today's broadcast, please visit DawnAllen.org. 